So let's open our Bibles to be in Bible uh, Zafe, Hebrews chapter 10 Bible and verse 19 to 23. My message this day is the inner veil. Uh, I'll teach it on the, you know, we don't have much time for the first service, but we shall, uh, we, I'll split it into two. So we basically teach the same message. Now, we will pray before we read. Our precious Lord Jesus, how we thank you for your grace and goodness that we, we have a religion that is so real has all explanations and the things that we do not understand uh, we, we have an assurance that we shall understand all things by and by. We are so thankful for your comfort. For you said you are going to send us a comforter. So happy to hear Pastor Gideon saying that he has perfect peace and comfort in the heart. So thankful to see that you have that you have kept him and his wife loving you and serving you with the joy of the Lord still on their faces. Father, we want to pray for that you you be the perfect comforter. As many, many, many prayers have come up to your throne. We are just praying that this time, as we open the word to read it, that it will comfort us. It will be of more strength. It will anchor something in their souls. And this church also. We pray that your grace shall be upon us. Upon our service this morning. And that you will speak to us in a special way. And give us your comfort. We pray that you anoint the speaking of the word and that you, we, we are confessing weakness. We are confessing inability and not knowing even what to say. We pray that you give us the context that you will, be, you will minister to us in a special way. For we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Mm -hmm. 
Kala Boruganda, Wetulina Obugumu, Okuyingina Mujfech Tukuvu, Rom Saigua Yesu, Mukubu, Yatukubida, Erija, Edamu, Erita Mujiji, Gwemubidigui, Eda Wetulina Kawana Omonene, Afuga, Enyumba Yakatonda, Tusembedenga, Nomo Yogwa Mazima, Oroku Kiriza, Okutu Kiride, Emitima Jafe, Najiman Siruako, Okujamo, Moyo Omubi. Nemi vidija fe ngajina ziwa nama zamarunji. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Mwabi Musa tutunyueze okwatulang... Tunyezo kwa tulange subi jafe, obuta saga sagana, kubanga ea subi za mwesigwa. Amen. May the Lord add blessings. You can be seated. Mokama agatomu kisa kusuma kwe chiga moche. Now, I consider this message to be one of the key messages. Uvaka wono mbutuwa lo kubanga, wemuku uvaka uvukuru. One of the key summons of the message. Ye summoni e mkweze nkuru mbubaka. Uh, I don't know. I, all of the message is good. It's, uh, it's wonderful, of course. But there are some messages that I, I feel they are like pillars of the message of, of understanding the message. Can you, can you Imagine somebody saying that they, they understand the message of the hour without understanding the seals. Without understanding the church ages. <laughs> I would doubt whether they understand the message. Right? Now, and this is one of the messages that I think goes into that category for you as a Christian. Now, and Brother Branham said eh, that Christianity is based, true Christianity is based upon rest. Right? It's based upon peace, having an inside peace, satisfaction, a sense of fulfillment. You have been, been searching for peace. You have been searching for something to satisfy your soul. And you have found it. Christianity, or rather, the Christian journey is like is likened to a, a trip on the seas of time. I don't know about the ships of today, but the ships of, uh, of, of, of the, the previous years, uh, as they travel in the sea, 
Every sailor knew that there were storms on the sea. And they would, be, they would prepare for the storms. Just like the journeys of life. If you walk through life thinking that it will be a, a smooth sail all the way through. Then you really don't understand the sea, the, 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 the road of life. There are storms. Now, and one of the things that the sailors would carry along in preparation for the storms. They would have an equipment called an anchor. The anchor was a huge, huge metal that was tied to the end of a strong, powerful rope. A very long, a very long rope. Very strong. You know, the floor of the sea is not flat. It's full of mountains and valleys and things. Just like the land. So, if they see a storm and they know that it's a dangerous storm, they would let down the anchor. This long, strong, heavy rope. They would let it down, down, take it so far down. And as they sail along, before they, before they hit the storm, it would anchor into the top of a mountain. Then if it holds the ship, now, when they are in the midst of the storm, and the storm pushes the ship up and down, up and down, the anchor and they wait like that, the ship is thrown up and down, up and down. But it will not sink. Because it's anchored. Now, as you walk through life, something happens to you. And you find something. You find Christ. Right? And Christ becomes like an anchor to your life. Then during the time of the storm, when a powerful storm comes, it can throw you up. The anchor does not take away storms. The storm throws the ship. But the anchor holds. So even as you are thrown by the storms of life, but the anchor holds. That anchor cannot fail. 
because it is anchored. You are, in other words, you have found an experience that has anchored you into Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. There are some people who claim salvation. They claim to know Christ. But when the storms of life come, they find that their religion, their confession, has not anchored them into Christ. And you find them backsliding, find them denying Christ, or getting completely thrown away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in this time that we are living in, there are storms. Right? Now, you young people, you know, we, we were discussing, I hope this doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody, but we were discussing with a, a brother friend of mine who is a doctor, and we were concerned about the number of people in the message who are committing suicide. Right? Young people hanging themselves, throwing themselves into rivers oceans or taking poison. And we were concerned that the rate of the way the number of people who are doing it if you compare the, if you compare it even with the world you find that there are more believers committing suicide than the worldly people See? and these are facts you cannot deny it. And in my opinion, I don't know, I may be wrong, but in my opinion, one of the likely possibilities is you have a, a child, a, a young man, a young woman. They've been brought up. They've been brought up in the church. So, the values that are instilled in them whereby they, they are able to define right and wrong. What is honorable and what is not honorable. The values you know, they are Christian values. But the teachings have not anchored them into Christ. They have not, been, they have not found an anchor. They don't have that born again experience that has anchored those things in Christ. So, as they go along in life, they are attracted by the things of the world. So, it forms a conflict. 
inside. So Christianity and its values and the attraction by the world they form such a conflict. The word of God doesn't give them consolation. Right? And so they are in a turmoil. And they go and try the world. They try drinking, fornication, drugs, and then they get condemned because that is contrary to the to the values that they have learned since they were children. See? And it causes a conflict until some of them commit suicide. Right? And that is, and because the world it knows how to handle the world people know how to handle fornication. They know what to do with drugs. Right? They know what to do with sin. These girls, when they look at young men, they, they look at young men as if they are brothers. So when they go to the world, they see a young man. What they have in mind is like these brothers here. And they get in the hands of a cruel crook who is a devil. And when they are treated as if they are prostitutes by that demonic fellow. They get confused now. Because they didn't understand the world. See? Sister, you are not like any other girl in the world. Right? You have values that they don't have. Those devils in the world, it is a dog eat dog. Hey, I hope I don't. You know when I was coming, I was I was thinking, God help me. Because I want to be of comfort. I don't want to speak, to speak strong words. But I'm just telling you, in the world, it's a dog eat dog. Let the boys of the world go with the girls of the world. They know how to, they know how to handle one another. But when you mix yourself with them, see, You'll be like a sheep among wolves of the world. See? That's right. 
Let something anchor you in Christ. So that you are not pulled by the world. Right? It's based upon rest. Something settled inside you. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest into your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Whatever burdens that Jesus gives us, they are light. It may seem like a very big burden. But don't worry. It's light. The yoke. Do you know what's a yoke? A yoke is not, it's, it's a heavy thing. That we put on animals' necks to control them. When you yoke a donkey or a cow so, so that it can, you can plow with it, it, it has no choice. It's, it's completely under imprisonment. It cannot run. Right? And Christ has given us a yoke. We are controlled. We don't do the things that we want to do. We, rather, let me put it. We don't do the things that God does not allow us to do. Yeah, we are imprisoned. We are not free. But I'm telling you that yoke is beautiful. We love the yoke. Don't stand there. How you know having pity on us. Oh. No, 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 no. We love it. Jesus says, My yoke is easy. Now, if you are a sinner, you may say, oh, me, I wouldn't like to be your. You are also your. You have another master. That master, he leads you into fornication. He leads you into drinking. And you cannot help it. Yeah. What we did, we removed the devil's yoke and took on the yoke of Christ. Because we believe that Jesus is a better master. Praise the name of the Lord. See? It's only that the master, the, that Satan, as a master, 
he deceives Jesus, Jesus does not deceive he tells you the truth he tells you I have put a yoke upon you I have put a burden on you but my yoke is nice and my burden is light Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah. We have a song we sing. It's not an easy road. As we journey to heaven. There are many thorns on the way. But Jesus walks beside me. Though there are thorns, they prick us. But Jesus takes them off. And the burdens that we have are actually very light. Praise God. Come out and it is away. You know? And there is nothing that we do. Let me tell you, brethren. It's, 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 a, it's an easy burden. Christianity is good. It's a wonderful journey. Because there is nothing we do. We didn't make ourselves Christians. Some people say, oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. Why? It is, it is hard to be a sinner. Because even coming to Christ, we didn't do it. It is just Christ that called us, just invited us. We, we did not choose him. He is the one who chose us. We just thank him. That God has called us. We look at the people that are in sin and we thank God. Because we didn't choose to be Christians. It is God by His grace. God by His goodness. He called us. He chose us. He gave us a job to do. He gave us a wonderful church. He gave us sweet songs to sing along the way. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He, salvation is of the Lord. And we have nothing to do with it. Now the only thing that we do is to just enjoy ourselves along the way. See? Now we'll come to a bit of that later. But now we find that in Christianity there are two types of Christians. Sometimes it may be two types Sometimes it is two faces. One type of Christian, you may be of one type today. But if God has mercy on you, tomorrow you will be the other one. One type, one type of Christian is is struggling. 
seems to be struggling. Has a lot of questions. Doesn't seem to have a settled something in their minds. In their hearts. Some of them are backsliding and then coming back. And you really have to keep them under check. You have to keep on correcting them. And to have a close eye on them. Otherwise they will go off the way. The other type is having victory all along. See? They seem like they can survive on their own. When I was in the room there, I heard Brother Godfrey talking about people who have not been in church for some time. Right. There are people who can go out in the field even for months. When they come back, they come with converts. They have converted that bad environment. Others, when they come back, they have been converted by the environment. One type of Christian is having victory. The other one is it's not sure. They are dragging their feet. Now, and I want to say this. There are some people who think that that is actually the way things are supposed to be. And they explain it by saying, you know we are all different. See? That we are not all the same. God is a God of variety. Brother, sister, Brother, sister, the devil is talking to you now. The, there is no difference on that line. Are you with me? The thing that we are different in is like this. I'll, I'll show you before I read the message. All of us are supposed to have a victorious life. Because that is the grace given unto us by God. All of us are supposed to have found that anchor. We are happy. We are rejoicing in the Lord. And we are overcoming all of us. But in the overcoming, when we have overcome, and the Spirit is using us, then we become different. When you got your overcoming grace, God makes you an evangelist. When I get my overcoming grace, I become a prophet. But all of them overcome. 
But there's nothing like saying that we are, are, we, uh, 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 no. you are just refusing to take God's way. And hiding in the in the in the differences. No. Now this message in a veil, this is uh, paragraph 26. Let's read that quotation. There are some quotations that I'm jumping because of time. My message is not very difficult today. Right now, he says, Now, there is bound to be something lacking somewhere. God is no respect of persons. Or God does not respect persons. He wants all his children to have the same. A righteous father wouldn't give one a dish of ice cream without giving them all ice cream. Certainly. See, he wants you to live. I'm not talking about gifts. I'm talking about grace. Now, of course, some are called apostles and prophets and teachers, and church offices and so forth. That God has placed in the church these things. But I'm talking about measures of grace. Overcoming grace to each one. Then he elects you to your office. Paragraph 24. But then in grace, God has given to us all freely as we have need. Everything we have need of. So we don't do anything. All we need, God has given us. As far as overcoming is concerned, if there is a difficult trial, God gives each one the grace to go through it. I'm glad what Jesse said. See? God knew that Gideon and Susan they would be able to overcome that and remain victorious Christians. Now each of you is the same. I have my trials. God trusts. God knows that inside me there is grace to overcome that. And the burden that God has given you. God knows. He is our creator. So he knows. And the Bible says. That he can never give us a trial. That is too much for us. But in every trial. God has availed strength. To overcome it. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. That's the scripture. See? Each one of us has been given that. So the only thing we need to do is just like when a baby is born. I have picture. I saw a picture one time. We used to have it in our family photos. When I was one month old. 1958. December. 
Now my foot was like this. My fingers were like this. Now my mother didn't need to pull my feet. She didn't need all the time to pull my nose. To make it longer. No. The only thing to do. Just suck. Just suck. Suck. And then when I get older enough, eat. Eat. And I'm just sleeping. I'm sleeping. All the time sleeping. And eating. Then the light gets bigger. Right? Spiritual babies. All we need is to drink. And sleep. And drink. And eat. We don't struggle. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. We eat the word. We rejoice. And we sing. And we shout. We enjoy the presence of the Lord. And in that way, God gives us strength. Oh, we don't we don't plan. We don't scratch our heads. We don't make complicated plans of what we shall do. We just yield ourselves and rejoice in the presence of the Lord. And He gives us overcoming grace. Praise the name of the Lord. We don't do nothing. See? We can't make ourselves anything. And we are just happy with what God has made us. We don't even know. Many times we don't know what we are. We just know how to rejoice in the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, we were discussing yesterday with Gideon and the the, the company we were with. So we were analyzing each other's ministry. See? I was telling them that I was teaching the other day in my church there. A message I was calling Judging Ourselves. Being Judging ourselves. Being able to design ourselves. You know where the Bible says? When when it's talking about the communion. That if you judge yourself. You don't need to be judged. Right? So I was expanding on that. And I was saying you ought to know who you are. Even as a minister, the type of ministry you have, what, to what grace it can, what it can do. Now, and then, after we finish the conversation, we analyzed Gideon's, then we analyzed mine, to what we think it is. Then I started thinking, I wouldn't want to be like Gideon. No, I admire him. 
The way God has given him grace to do grace and that and the other. I, but I don't want to do that. I, I, I love what I do. Okay. Yeah, and I felt a surge of joy in my heart. I'm happy what God has made me. I would not want to be like Gideon. Much as I enjoy his ministry. But I'm just, I don't want to be like Guadaro. Right? Yeah. We are talking with Brother Obon yesterday. And the things that he has done. And, yeah, that's his. That's what God has made him. But I'm just a hua. <laughs> I want to be a happy kehuha for Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> if God has given me a little corner whereby I just rejoice there and praise God there just eat the word and enjoy the presence of the Lord there why would I want to be somebody else praise God so what I'm trying to say, each of us is different. But whatever God has made us, what do we do? We do the same things. All, all of us do the same things. We are supposed to be doing the same things. Worship the Lord. Love the Lord. Accept the Lord. Appreciate the Lord. Worship Him. You know? And be, you know? I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But just happy in His presence. Make sure there is no sin in my life. There is no envy in my life. We support each other. When God sends me to go somewhere, do something, I go do it the best I can. We leave the rest to Him. What He does with it. Praise the name of the Lord. Because we don't have, we are not able to, we cannot design the results. Yeah. You cannot design the results. It's like, you know, the, I read that in the, in the, in the, in the battle, in the war of the Second World War. When they dropped the bombs in Japan, you know, that's the only time that atomic bombs have been used in the world. Right? Are you with me? Now, the, the Japanese were so stubborn. It seemed impossible to defeat them. When America and its allies would try this, the Japanese seemed impossible to defeat. 
I learned that the Japanese would work like this. Two soldiers, Japanese soldiers, would confront an American soldier. So this one is for sacrifice. And the one behind him is the victor, is the one who is going to fight. So this one goes, confronts the American, knowing he's going to die. If the American kills him, while he is busy, then this one kills the American. They were fighting a sacrificial war. Right? And they were impossible to defeat. So the Pentagon, they decided to use those bombs. And they gave them to two pilots. And they, were, they told one pilot. Pilot, he is the one who wrote that story. Because that time he was an old man. If he knew what he was carrying, he would have refused to drop, to drop the bombs. But the generals in the Pentagon, they told him, take this little parcel. And they gave him the GPS places where to drop it. And they instructed him, when you drop it, fly, fly away as fast as you can. So one of them to be dropped in Hiroshima. The other one in Nagasaki. They didn't know what they were carrying. But the generals knew. But when they, when they dropped them. See? The effects were so great. Such that when they, they understood what they have done. Because when those bombs were dropped, the Japanese surrendered. They couldn't continue fighting. Because of the damage. Damage that is even felt even today. Right? Now that's how we are. We don't know what we are carrying. Right? We don't know what we are carrying. The only thing is to is to is to go. The effect is Jesus who knows. Yesu okay. Now as I preach. I don't know whether there is a sinner who will get saved. That's up to God. I don't know whether there is a heart that will be lifted up that is broken that will come back to the Lord. I don't know. All I know is to come here and I'm happy I speak the truth and I have a good time here and I'm happy you have allowed me to yeah. do it. And when I go back home, the results belong to the Lord. 
There's a time I did that. In Kampala Church. Mukampala Church. See? I didn't know what I was doing. But the result was the inspiration of this young man. Right? Gideon. Gideon. Those meetings are the ones that produced gave him inspiration. And I remember I used to travel. I used to struggle. Coming, coming here. To hold those meetings. I would leave Kakamega at 4, 4 p.m. After And I go through troubles and a lot of troubles. I arrive in Kampala at midnight. Push meetings from 8 o'clock, up to 7 p.m. I go there so tired. Then the following day, I service, have a service up to 2 p.m. I don't even greet anybody. Jump onto the bus, gas, the, the vehicles again, taxi. And I arrive back home at 2 a.m. And I did that continuously for a whole month. Right? I didn't know what I was doing. But when I look at all you people, then I say, that was worth it. That was worth it. Right? Yeah, we don't know the results. But we just serve the Lord. You cannot say you labored no, no, no. no. We didn't labor. It is God that brings the result. Right? And the sooner you start serving the Lord, the better. See? All we do is feed, relax, and have a good time. Amen. Amen. Now, the people who are... This clock is really rushing. People who, are, who have not understood that, and they are struggling, some of them even go to long fasts Long fast. Fasting, fasting, fasting for a long time. Thinking that serving the Lord is a, is a, is a, is a, you know, that you have to work very hard. See? No. See, you don't have to. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking against fasting. But there are some Christians and even teachers so who just believe in driving people, thinking that the Lord is like a slave driver. That the more, the harder you work. You know, right now in Kenya, we have what is in the big news now. It's about a man who was, who, who was instructing his followers. They fast 
to death. Right? And there's a place where he was burying them. <laughs> and the government is, is, uh, is, has now put a crackdown on churches that are, that are preaching extremism. Some of these people they were rescued by the police when they were fasting they were almost dying when you look at their photos on the just skeletons oh you don't serve God like that you know there are some people who are because it's the talk of the country right now as we speak. So I heard that some people are saying, eh? oh, when you do like that, and you die fasting like that, you go straight to heaven. <laughs> Forget about that. If you are not born again, and you fast to death, you go straight to hell. Because the Bible doesn't say that that is Christianity. We don't serve God like that. Right? People get a, con, uh, a wrong attitude. It's not your work. It's not what you do. Christianity is based on accepting what God has done for you and rejoicing no doing it. Praise the name of the Lord. Hey. I had a lot of quotations about fasting, but I wouldn't do it. See, because people get a wrong attitude about that. I had a sister in the pre-service. I, I didn't follow the story quite well. But it's like she was saying that she fasted for five days. Let me tell you, when you fast like that, it be led of the spirit. When you are led of the spirit, like you don't even get hungry. I'm not saying you don't fast. But the, the, the prophet said, eh? but when, that when God, maybe let me, let me just read this one. Because the prophet really talked about it. Paragraph 26 of uh, 5601-21. says, Agamba. You know, the, he was talking about some people who saw, who read a book about fasting. And he caught some of them on the prayer line. Some of them had fasted until they were losing their minds. Uh, and he was, yeah, all right. Then he says, they went just because the book said to fast 40 days. And some of them with false plates and their teeth would drop out. And their eyes would sink back. 
Women to be mothers, their little ones, as you understand, they would completely go mentally out and be taken to the institutions. Many, many of them in that condition come in that condition. I believe in fasting, certainly. But when you fast, you don't hunger. Jesus, after he had gone through fasting, the Bible says he was hungry. God puts a fast on you. You don't put it on yourself. See? Now, I hope you get me. If you go for five days without eating, it seems like a big burden. Yeah, humanly. But do you see how God makes the burden light? <laughs> By his supernatural power, takes hold of your body, puts a freshness on you, puts a strength on you, Whereby you don't even feel it. The burden. If you are to carry that burden yourself, you would die. But Jesus went for 40 days, not even hungry. That's, how, that's an illustration of how God carries our burdens. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, the prophet said that if you are fasting and you feel hungry, then it's time to eat. Right? Yeah, I'm, I, I have all those quotations here. If you want them, if you want them come. come I'll you. But now, there's, there's one thing I want to, I want to give you before, I, before we go for Can you bear with me for another 20 minutes? Right. Now, the prophet said that each of us we have two thinking faculties. Oh, let me put it like this. You have an outside man that we can see. You have also another man inside you called the inside man. Is that right? Now, and each of these two have a brain to think. They think. Both of them. Right? And they think they are put in one and you have two brains inside you. Please get this. There are two people in that body and each of them is thinking. They have their opinions. One of them is your body that we can see. And it has a brain. 
right? That they even operate on and all that. The other thinking faculty is in your soul. Now, to illustrate that, Brother Branham, well, you remember 1961. In the, in the, this, when he narrated this story of going beyond the curtain of time. When he left his body, he was somewhere. Maybe like the, the roof here. He could see his body lying beside his wife. While he was somewhere else. Now, that soul. Because it is his soul that left the body. And wherever it was, it was thinking. It could be able to reason. Because it said, he looked at his hands. His soul just entered into another body. And each of us has that body right now. That body doesn't leave you. It's with you wherever you are. Right? Your theophany is with you now. Here in the church. I can prove that to you. Now, so it was not difficult for the soul to come from his body and enter into that. And the soul, the soul went with its thinking capacity. And he was reasoning. He saw his hands. And he said, hey. My hands are not like those of an old man. He felt his head. Hey, it's not bald. Hey, I am young. Then he looked around and he saw his body. The body lying beside his wife. He could think. Right? Now, the difference is. Because after whatever happened there, his soul came back to that body. And the two of them are coexisting in you and in me at the same time. The two thinking faculties. Right? Now, I want to illustrate something. And I'm, I'm, I, have to cut, I have to get two people here. Brother, if you don't mind, can you come? Hey, come, yes, come. You. Come with that young man there. One of, of the little boys, yes. Come here. I was trying on the internet to look for a picture whether I don't have to, ca to call people. These are the two thinking faculties that are existing in you and me. Now, stand this, facing this way. And you face this way. Now, 
This is the physical one, the brain. Thinking. And this is the, the soul. Right? And each of them passes their opinion, gives their opinions. Their but the difference is, eh? these two guys, they are not friends. When this one says something, the first reaction of this one is to question it. So this one, he hears the word of God. The Bible telling him, Jesus is wonderful. This one replies, how do you know? No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, no, no, he'll act the same way. Then this one says, but he didn't, he didn't help all the people in his days. And even if this one tells him to shut up, he won't. Looks at him in the face. And he's very stubborn. Right? But if something can happen so that he is able to convince him, then the battle is over. They eventually agree. But it's a very hard struggle. But when he agrees with him, then there is no conflict anymore. Right? Now, I'm going to say it later. So I don't keep them here for too long. But I want you to point this out. Before I read it in the Bible. In, in the message. Both of these thinking faculties. Are given to us by God. None of them is of the devil. But the the difference is this thinking faculty is of the earth. His appetite is on earthly things. But unfortunately he, he cannot he does not he is not able to to understand the things of the earth. Please get this point. He is not able to understand the things of the earth. He is not able to read the Bible. He has to get the Bible from him. And then he convinces him. We preachers, we cannot talk to him. We talk to him. And then he convinces him. 
When they are not in agreement, then there is trouble, there is turmoil. Inside. Him, he is also from God. But he, he is God's own work. He is not the work of mama and papa. He is from heaven. Right? And he needs, he needs to convince him. Thank you. You can go back. Now, let me read you. I wish I could talk more about that, but Paragraph 81. Now, you truly have two different mental faculties. You have one of them that's in your head by your brain. And the other one is operated in your heart. Which is called your soul. Your spirit and your soul. Now, they are very much in disagreement many times. When the head seems to say something, the soul one does at it if it's not right. But when it comes to the soul, the head seems to step back. Right? Now we are dealing with the conflict. And yeah, I'm sorry I switched the message. Then maybe that's why he took time to get it. This is the message called Why are people so tossed about? Brother Branham was explaining that conflict. conflict. It is these two thinking faculties arguing. Now the soul Unfortunately, or fortunately, the soul that comes from God, oh, I hope you don't miss this. The soul that comes from God is the real controller of your life. Whether you go to heaven or not. It's like this also. Now, in a ship, let's go back to the ship. The the idea of the ship. As the ship is sailing on the sea, it's operated by two people. There is a man at, the, at a mast on top. He is put in a place that is higher than the ship. I don't know, but these days, I, maybe they are driven by computers. You don't need a human hand. I, 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 I'm just presuming, looking at the other sectors, how the other sectors have progressed. But in the days, in old days, you would have a man at the helm of the ship with binoculars. 
front as the ship is sailing in this direction, there's a man with a binoculars watching for storms, watching for icebergs, things that can cause trouble. When he sees an iceberg, he, he shouts the message. Because although he can see, but he does not have the power to turn the ship. The ship is turned by another man inside there. In the barrels of the ship. He is holding a wheel like a steering wheel of a car. But he depends on this one up there. Who tells him. There is an iceberg. Turn 15 degrees. And this one turns the wheel. Then the ship makes a corner. This one can see. But he cannot turn the ship. This one can turn the ship. But he cannot see. So the two of them, they have to be in agreement. Now suppose they are enemies and they start arguing. Turn 15 degrees. Ay, you are disturbing me. Why should I? But there is an iceberg. Can you see properly? Maybe. Maybe your eye is dim. Will that ship go? That's the problem with people's lives. The In their minds, they understand the word of God. But in the soul, there is a doubting. See? Everybody knows that. You would like, you read the Bible. And you can see that sure enough, Jesus says that the, they that believe on me, the works that I do shall be And I'm a believer. But there's another thinking faculty. You mean you. Now in the church when the preacher says you are a child of God you are a child of a king all things are possible with you that's the brain and you even shout amen but when it comes to doing it your soul tells you. Hey. Hey. You. <laughs> There's a conflict. There's a conflict. Yet, that soul comes from God. 
in your soul you know what the brain is telling you is correct is that right but you are not coming into terms with it so that you can make a step the moment your soul gets into 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 terms with what the brain is saying. Then the thing is over. There's no more argument. You yourself, you pray for the sick. You yourself, you'll be the preacher. There will be so much conviction. Faith will take hold. See? Now, let me tell you why, uh, why or what we do now. Because this brain, it, will, it, it can do anything. It will, it will jump up and down. It will try to, to push itself. But it will, it will do nothing. As long as the faith is here. It will just be imaginations. See? Now, the thing is this. Eh? I hope I will be able to, to express this. Now, the soul, unfortunately, the soul that comes from God, it is shy to express itself here on earth, on the things of the earth. It has to be persuaded. Because it is stubborn. It is not easily convinced. Right? Are you with me? Please bear with me a little bit. The soul is not is quite shy on the things of this life. And it is not very very vocal. Now I told you they are very much in disagreement. If you keep on oppressing it doing things against it like your conscience I don't know maybe especially when you are growing up right in your upbringing that soul comes from God now when you are growing up and you are Going through your journey here on earth. And your soul is crying out to God. But your body which is earthly. The thinking faculties are, are attracted by the things of the world. And you silence the soul. And do things against the soul. That soul shrinks. And goes into a corner. And hides there. 
It tries to reason with you. You shout at it. Because of selfishness, you want to do things that are against your own soul. The soul comes from God. It does not want you to fornicate. It does not want you to do things that are of the world does not want you to wear dresses and clothes that expose your body. It wants you to dress decently. It does not want you to lie because it comes from God. But when you reason, with this other thinking faculty. No, it's okay. Other people are doing it. Why should I be different? They are also Christians. Then the soul will shrink. It's like a child. If you keep on telling when the child starts to talk, that child will develop into an adult that cannot, doesn't have the courage to talk when people are talking. Is that right? He will develop in some of these people who are shy. Put them to speak where there are many people they will shiver. Right? The soul is like that. If you keep on oppressing it, the things of, the things of God, righteousness, and all that, so that you just carnality, the things of the world and, the, and arguments, arguments of the world the soul cannot think. It becomes silent. In an illustration of that, the prophet gave an example of a woman. She was a Sunday school teacher in a, in a certain good church. Like this. Sisters were dressing decently. They loved their husbands and they were faithful. Now, then, this, this sister, sister, being in that church, she was a good sister. But an intellectual person. Her religion was just here. She was doing Everything nice because everybody, everybody else was doing it. Now she moved to another, the husband got another job. And they moved to another town. And in that town, the, the church they went to, sisters were wearing short dresses. They were, you know, dressing indecently. The church was loose. But because they were all Christians, she continued teaching Sunday school. But she took the habits of those sisters. 
and they were immoral. But since the church was just like that, even the pastor was a smoker. But they were free. They were free. Not narrow-minded. Old-fashioned. So she started being like, doing like them. She shaved off her hair. And then she had a neighbor where they were staying. There was a neighbor, a couple. She started flirting with the, the man of the other, the other house. They would talk, chat. They got too close. They reached a place where even at night, before they go to sleep, each would come from the house and, and kiss good night. No, just a neighbor. So the devil starts slowly, slowly starts getting too close, but it's just a friend. Don't be so narrow-minded. Finally, she left her husband and ran away with this man. But you know, if a man can leave his wife because of you, he can also leave you. So, and that's exactly what happened. And in the place where they went, they found another loose church. Finding the church, they were just like that. It's not common to see a man had taken another man's wife. They had agreed. Hey, no huh? Like that way. she continued. That. So this man left her. And she continued just in the church. And to us, many times it looks like stories. Guadaro, he, was, he went to America, I think, is it last year or last yeah, brother year? Brother he told us that he went, he went to a church of the message where there is a, a, the pastor married, he left his wife, took another sister who was in the church, who was also married. But it happened that the, wife, the husband of that sister was, um, was uh, what do you call it? He was chased out of America. You know the laws, immigration laws. He was extradicted or something like that. I don't know what it's called, yeah. And then, when, so the sister was left there. The pastor left his wife and took this sister. And all of them were in the church. And the pastor is busting mysteries. The revelations of the, of the message of the hour. So in America it's not a big issue. So this sister was like that. And she went on like that until when, when, when the, 
the, in the original church, when they tried to talk to her, to stick to her values, she would argue. Say, why? They are all Christians. Yeah. Christianity doesn't have to be the way you are saying it. They are also believers. Right? Are you getting me? And that argument is still there. That devil is in our churches. Right? Oh yeah. I discovered just this year, early this year, young sisters in my church, when I preach, they go among themselves and say, ah, these old men, they don't realize the message has changed. They are old-fashioned. The message has changed. See? Because there are some more churches of the message that have modernized. And they have many, many types of preachers. Which are preaching on YouTube, preaching the message with the eagles and the But they do not they do not have the uphold the original standards. Some of them are remarrying the marriage and things in the churches. The message has changed. Just so that woman was arguing like that. Then as time went on, she started having pains in the abdomen. Finally she went to hospital. She had so much cancer that it could not, nothing could be done. But when they tried to, sister, this, this thing is a killer. Sister, Why don't you return to God? And he says, who told you I'm not with God? I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And she could not be shaken. Convinced to repent. Why? That soul that came from God it had been silenced so much until it could, it could not think. The only thinking faculty was the religious brain. It is her brain that had become religious. Right? And there are so many people who are holding the principles of the word with their brains. Not with their souls that come from So when she was dying, the brain could not think anymore. Then the soul that had been neglected, that came from God, when she was almost dying, 
the soul, the brain could not think. The brain that was arguing with the soul. So the soul started rising up now. To take over because it has to cross over. The, the body cannot cross over. So and then she said Nagamba. He started saying, oh, I'm lost, I'm lost. Who was saying I'm lost? It's not this, this, it, is, it is not this thinking faculty. It is that soul that had been neglected. Right? The soul does not commit adultery. The soul does not dress badly. The dress, the soul does not does not have hatred. Right? It came from God. That's why the Bible says, when you walk in the flesh, you do the things of the flesh. Because the flesh is animal. It's a beast. See? It cannot serve God. But it can be religious. So when she when the soul started crying, I'm lost. I'm lost. Then the, 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 the pastor uh, he, he came back, he was smoking outside. And he came, oh sister, this called the doctor. Sister, sister, then the doctor gave her a drug to make her sleep. Thinking she's, she's confused. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Then she slept. Slept for eternity. The soul cried out to God. Of course she gets lost. Hey? Now, when you think the things that they were to please the things that please the body. Then you neglect your soul. See? Now, let me read, read you just, the, I'm going to, 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 to jump. Let, let me just jump the, other, the others. I'll give you, so, so that what I'm telling you makes sense. Brethren, Aboruganda. That is why we spend time in prayer. Although I'm saying that, we not, that it is not struggling, but the reason why we read the Bible, the reason why we spend nights in prayer, like we had on Friday, it's not that we can work hard to go to heaven. But then the soul becomes strong. The soul that came from God, it, it, it can think through us. It is strong enough to argue with the body. And be courageous. That is why Jesus lived the way he was living. So that the one that was inside him, the soul, can have preeminence over the body. I deliberately chose, I deliberately chose a huge 
guy. That's why I chose him. And then I chose a small because the body is strong. It's big. It's domineering. Right? But the soul, for it to have courage enough, for it to be strong enough, it has to be given time. It has to be, it has to be encouraged. Let me read you a quotation. My last one. I had plans to, 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 you know, to finish maybe a bit further on, but I think I'll stop here. Uh, the healing of Jairus' daughter, that is brother 550227, 52027 E, paragraph 15. Yeah. Just previous of this chapter, we find one place where the Son of God spent so much time in prayer. And if Jesus had to spend much time in prayer, to stay in fellowship with the spirit that was in him, right? And if Jesus, all right, how much more do you and I have to spend in prayer? Much time in prayer. If you only knew what time in prayer meant. Do you get me? Not what prayer meant. But time in prayer. One person can spend five minutes in prayer. The other person can spend three hours. Both of them have prayed. If you preached about prayer, both of them have fulfilled that. But what the difference between them is the time. If you knew what time prayer, such that you stress now instead of saying instead of saying prayer is important prayer is important. no you can't pray five minutes See? personally I don't believe anybody should pray for less than 30 minutes. On their knees. You may ask me, where do you read that? I can't read you. Maybe it's wrong. But, but in my many years of Christianity, I know that when you kneel down, the first thing, if it's at night, Satan will tell you, there's a snake, there's a snake You throw away those minds. Then you start feeling so much pain. Start changing positions. Look for a better place. 
and all that. Then thoughts are flowing through hey, your mind. Think about Some things that are even ugly. You, you feel condemned. It is certain fighting. And some people give up it. Ah, yeah. Maybe God, does, God cannot hear me today. See? And when you, when you fold up and go home, demons are rejoicing. Yeah, we managed. But you keep on there. Keep on there. Then all these things, the knees are comfortable. When you fight on, Ay, those demons are cowards. They Demonies all go away. Greater is he that is in you than them. Then your spirit will start lifting up. Lifting up and you pray things that you didn't even think about. Now if you keep that, your soul Praise the name of the Lord. Now, there is a picture that I want to show you. Uh, can you display that picture of the lake? We were somewhere yesterday and it was the shores of a lake. You can see it. You can see it. Now, and when I, look, when I was there at the shore, I got so inspired. <laughs> I won't preach what I, what I, what I got, but I was so excited I told Brother Quinton. I told him a few things. But I was so inspiring. When you look at this lake, there are waves that come from the middle of this. They come, they push the waves to the shore of the lake. Now, when you are near the shore, what are the waves doing? They are trying to, sh to, sh to push the rubbish that is in the sea, in the, in the lake, pushing them out to dry, to dry land. Right? What causes the waves? I asked the brethren to, show, to tell me. But the, and they were telling me that it's winds. Winds. They cause the waves. What is it? There's a Christian life. The waves from heaven. The winds from heaven. They are the ones that raise the waves in your life. Pushing out what? The rubbish. The evil things. Out into the sea. And the sea is the sea is busy all the time. If you have, listen, if you have a pond of water that has no waves, it's just perfectly still. And you put fish there. They, they would all die within less than a week. Is that right? Some of you don't seem to know. That is true. If you have a fish pond, you have to keep on renewing the water. 
the fish would all die. Right? But the natural lake, it has a way of self-renewal. And it is for the winds from heaven. Now, the point I want you to get this. Eh? When you are standing at the shore of the lake, what inspired me is that trash and dirt would come from the midst of the sea, come to the shore. And that, that, the waves as they come, they would be too weak to throw the rubbish all the way out of the sea. And for the hours that I stood there watching, all the dirt that was coming into the, into the shore, then it would go back to the sea. It is very, very rare that the rubbish was thrown all the way out. Because the waves were not strong enough. But there are times when the lake gets a revival. And it throws out the rubbish. When a church is just in its normal like that, usually there is a lot of trash in that never seem to leave the church. But let there be a strong revival. People confess things that they have been having all through. Because the waves from heaven are strong enough. Now, the last thing is, which is the reason why I'm saying this. Brother Branham said that many Christians, they have a shallow kind of religion. This is like living at the shore of the lake. You are in the lake, sure enough. Where the waters are. But you are just near the world. Right? If you have a shallow Christianity, not too deep in Christ, okay. You are living where the trash is. Where there are lots of ups and downs. Ups and downs. But if you went deep into the lake. Deep into Christ. Where there is purity. Where there is holiness. Right? Deep in the deep waters. Where the, Holy, where the Holy Spirit is. That's what I want to talk about this afternoon. See? Don't live near. The the where where the, the body speaks to you. And oppress the soul. Go to the deep waters. The fasting, the Kesha, talking with God, alone with God, 
Many people just want this shallow, shallow Look, watching to see where everybody is, whether, whether they are better than, as long as they are just like everybody else. That's very shallow Christianity. There you have seen all the time. When you look at the kind of things that were coming out of the sea, trying to come out of the lake, dead fish, bottles, sometimes because the waves come to the sea, then they, dry, they take the trash from, from the dry land back into the lake. And it will not go into the deep places of the lake. But it will be on the shore. Go away. Then the waves come. Because the wave is not strong enough. Praise God. Living on the shore, living on the shore. I'm living where the healing waters flow. Living on the shore, living on the shore.